Wildling Press presents How Do I Book? Welcome to How Do I Book by Wildling Press. We like to chat about book writing, book publishing, book marketing, and of course, book reading. We're trying to help new and experienced authors develop their craft, widen their perspectives, and learn to get a little wild every once in a while. I'm Mary. I'm Christina. And I'm Mike. And today we're talking about the different book formats. So I'm glad you guys are on this with me, especially Mike, who's our book designer, Mm -hmm. to talk about the different types of book formats, the pros and cons of each, and maybe even our opinions on what our favorite ones are. Woo, I love opinions. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) (laughs) Well, great. Yeah, I think book formats in in the reading community, I feel like everyone's got pretty strong opinions about their favorite book formats. Oh, God, yes. For different reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, some readers are all about being able to read on the go. So they love a little travel ready paperback or ebook that they can get on their Kindle. Some really love to be able to collect hardcovers and some love audiobooks and they're all valid. But when it comes to being an author and publishing your books, it's important to know those things and what your readers like, but also the pros and cons and some of the strategy that comes with publishing your book in particular formats. So what are the different book formats? Of course, there's hardcover. There's paperback, which comes in mass market paperback or trade paperback. And we'll get into a little bit more about what those are specifically. There's also ebooks and audiobooks. I always feel like I'm, there surely must be more, but I, I don't think there is more. And like, maybe like some crafty, you know, like a workbook or like like a computer right. game accompaniment. I don't know. None of these right. are real. Yeah, well, they're all up. they're all books that can still be simplified down to one of these four. Yeah, exactly. Pic- like photography books and picture books that are coffee table books. Those are hardcovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So first we'll dive into hardcovers. I mean, most people know what they are, but we'll just do a little <laughs> a little brief explanation. Pretend pretend you're talking to an alien. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hardcovers are the ones that are made out of a heavier cardboard wrapped in a material. So those usually are um, wrapped in paper. Some are leather bound. Um, some are even like a linen. I don't know if they can come in other materials. I would think it would be an exception to the rule. But, you know, there's, there's different okay. types of paper and different types of leather. And I've okay, definitely okay. heard of a book being bound in human skin before. So I think you can kind of do anything. Oh, right. There is seen, one. <laughs> I've seen TikToks of very crafty individuals making their own like grimoires and stuff. Mm-hmm. Those are out of, made out of like craft paper, you know. Right. Out of their own skin? <gasps> oh mm. my God. <laughs> we should do a Halloween horror episode. Oh my God, wait. Somehow. Oh my God, I'm writing that down. Mm-hmm. Car- carry on with the episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So hardcovers, the the paper wrapping around the cardboard to make the hardcover, make the case-bound cover, can be either glossy or matte. Mm -hmm. They can also include a dust jacket. So a lot of the hardcovers, especially like really nice collectible editions, will have that dust jacket on it. And that's a a paper that covers the whole cover. (laughs) Covers Mm -hmm. the cover. Of the hardcover. Oh my god, the cover covers (laughs) the book and the dust jacket covers the cover. But who covers Mm -hmm. the dust jacket? Right. And the dust jacket protects you from dust. 
<laughs> wow. Well, unless it comes in from the side. <laughs> yeah, 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 true. Got me there. <laughs> that side dust. I just, I kind of just realized that it's called a dust jacket. Like, it's really doing a lot of work. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. uh, very silly. But yeah. who's protecting the dust jacket? <laughs> well, if you're in the library, it's in a clear plastic sleeve. Oh my god, True. you're so right. And those are disposable. <laughs> yeah. True. We've derailed. <laughs> it's crazy how the smallest, seemingly simplest topics can make this group just go off the rails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's almost like we really love books. A little too much. It's crazy. Okay, so the pros of a hardcover. We all have our opinions, right? Mm-hmm. And you guys definitely add if you can think of other things. Number one is durability. Yeah. So a hardcover is a thicker, harder cover on your book. Um, so it's going to be sturdier. We basically won't design a children's picture book that doesn't come in hardcover because mm-hmm. their tiny grabbing hands will ruin that paper right. back cover. Kids are aggressive readers. <laughs> they are, but damn it, you gotta let them. <laughs> they, yeah. they are physical readers, yeah. aggressive readers. Yeah, they're all, they're also made so that they can lay out flat when you open them, so that the spine won't bend, which means that the spines won't get those like long lines that you see on a really well-read paperback. They get those bend lines. I don't know. Is there a oh, word for those? I don't know if there's a word for. Oh my um, god, what do you call stretch marks? Crease lines. <laughs> Oh, stretch marks. I really <laughs> stretch like that. Oh, it kind of never occurred to me that you're right. Hardcover. You can mess up a hardcover spine in other ways, but it mm-hmm. doesn't get that sure. bendiness that the paperbacks do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'll say I do love that feature on a paperback that I love, like a classic I've owned, just like so I can show how many times I've read it, like check out the spine. <laughs> it is messed up. Look at all these s- yeah. laugh lines. These laugh lines, yes. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing like an old paperback that you've read a million times. We'll get there, but like there's nothing like that mm-hmm. that like looks bent, beat up, and you wouldn't trade that copy for anything in the world. Mm-hmm. Girl, you look like crap and I love you. <laughs> this next pro of a hardcover, I'm not sure if this is accurate, Mike, so you maybe you <laughs> can talk about it, but I think there are some more maybe some more special design possibilities with a hardcover oh yeah definitely there's uh, a few different things that a hardcover book can have that a paperback audio or ebook that does not have um one of those things is the book jacket that we've just discussed because with a hardcover you can design the dust jacket and then when the dust jacket's taken away underneath there on the actual book itself on the actual book cover you can have a second design So you get kind of like a two-in-one book design out of there, whether it just be text or an actual full-on new design. One of my favorite features of a hardcover book, and not all printers offer this, and you don't always find it with print-on-demand, and I'm hoping one day they do offer it, is to have decorative end sheets. And those are the two pieces of paper Mm -hmm. that are actually connected to the interior where all your text is of your book, but it's a heavier cardstock. And those are glued to the inside of the hardcover to bind the actual paper to the book cover. That's why the spine doesn't break because it's like separate from the pages kind of. Right. Oh my God, I'm learning so much. And those decorative end sheets, those can be really pretty. Those are what people see when you open it up and it looks like a wallpaper or a oh, map yeah. or some kind of really cool design. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, uh, some print on demand places don't offer that. So you just have to get the same color as the color paper that you printed on. But hopefully print on demand will get there soon. Yeah, I was just going to say I love opening a hardcover book or any book and... 
you know, we all love a map, mm-hmm. fantasy readers. We love to open up and see that map in there. But also just like some decoration, some art that has to do with the story yes. that like gives you a little bit of hint of, about what you're about to read, but doesn't quite give anything away. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. Yeah. yeah. And another uh, design option that hardcover has where paperback and hardcover can both be have an embossed cover, and that's where the letters of the title will be raised. Hardcovers can also be debossed, and that's where it's imprinted in. So, you know, you can almost like it's been stamped and pressed in like with the gold foil or the silver foil. And it's another like kind of cool feature for hardcover books that you don't necessarily see with paperback books because, you know, I'm not really sure why. I always just automatically assume that a paperback cover can't handle the debossing process where it can handle the embossing better. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right about mm, that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm thinking yeah. about it, yeah, I, that, that's all. I've only seen embossed and not debossed. Oh, my God, my brain's getting confused. Yes. <laughs> and then because of both of those things hardcovers do tend to be the books that people collect when they talk about like buying a book just to have it on their shelves as a display that tends to be the books that they choose because they're more durable because they have more design options and they tend to be the special edition you know that an author chooses to put out on a hardcover mm-hmm. yeah i have those um barnes and noble like leather bound gold leaf classics and, and they're like mm-hmm. i'm could never bring myself to read one of those like <laughs> they're just too much it's like me with books like that i always end up buying the hardcover and the paperback so that like the hardcover can like say pristine on the shelf and my paperback can go along with whatever journey it may be yeah. with me and it also can uh i can also share it more mm-hmm. i have the tendency to not share my hardcover books that makes sense yeah, those are special. They cost more. So you don't want to l- lend them out just to any old person. They sure do. That's Mary Payton. That seems like it leads directly into the cons, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, 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 Christina, you've been reading ahead. Yeah, so one of the biggest cons about hardcovers is that they're more expensive. They're so really they're more expensive, expensive to publish. Mm-hmm. They're either more expensive to print, and therefore the markup is higher, and they're more expensive for the readers to get as well. Yeah, I think now is a really good opportunity for a moment of transparency here. Hardcovers are extremely expensive. They're expensive for specifically smaller publishers and self-publishers mm-hmm. who don't have access to the same kind of resources that Penguin Random House has. Pretty much, we can't print like hardcovers for those fat YA fantasies. Like a 450-page book in a hardcover with a dust jacket is going to be over $30 for us mm-hmm. because we mm-hmm. work. It's not like we are doing anything unusual. We work with who I think is like the top book printer in the world. Is that right? Right. They're uh, they're up there. They're definitely widely used and they are used by some of the bigger book publishers. That's Ingram Lightning Source. That's who we use. I'm sure we'll talk about them in an episode. Oh, but anyway, yeah, just prohibitively expensive <laughs> mm-hmm. in some. Yes, for sure. And they're also, readers will, will understand this, they're just harder to carry around. Most, re- many readers, I shouldn't say most about anything, but like many readers are going to want to be able to read outside of their home. So mm-hmm. being able to carry something along with them to read wherever they go is really important. And 
I'm thinking specifically, whenever I think about trying to tote a hardcover around, I think specifically of a a book that my friend gave me for my birthday a few years ago, The Source of Self-Regard by Toni Morrison, which is not in particular a huge book. It's not a ton of pages. I can't remember how many it is, but it's a beautiful, she got me the hardcover edition. It's beautiful. It's like the soft pink color. I love it. And I was so excited to get it. And I tried carrying it everywhere with me to read. And I just was so nervous the whole time about hurting it because it doesn't quite fit in any of my bags. Yeah. Um, it's hard to carry. You worry about it getting rained on because it doesn't fit all the way in your bags. Mm-hmm. It's just not – it's more of a nuisance to carry around than a lot of other formats are. I always have to make sure I have a book sleeve with me. Otherwise, that mm-hmm. hardcover book just becomes absolutely destroyed from being in my bag or yeah. you know, just carrying around. The dust jacket is delicate. And I always have to take my dust jacket off because I don't want to rip it going in and out of the book sleeve. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll get like an oil stain on my on the actual book. No. And it's just, I spiral, I spiral. And I keep telling myself I'll do better, but I don't. I know this is like a bit of an outlier, but I do always, I have a precious little vision in my heart of 10-year-old Christina carrying <laughs> Goblet of Fire all around the world. <laughs> oh, yeah. The summer it came out, like, where where are we going? I'm bringing this 750-page book with me. And back in the day, that's like a two-hander. That's yeah. not even, you can't even yeah. put it under an arm. You need like both of your biceps working on that one. Especially when you're smaller like yeah. that, you know? <laughs> Have you guys ever been reading a hardcover in bed and dropped it on your face? Yes. Yes. That was going to bring that up as one of the cons. Like, and another con is I like oh. to read laying down and I've <laughs> yeah. hit myself in the face so many times with a book. Yes. The hardcovers are dropping mm-hmm. paperback in your face. You're going to be okay. But the hardcovers <laughs> do that thing where they hit your nose and it makes you like trigger, start crying mm-hmm. without... Yes, without your, your brain eyes doing water, work yeah. in between. And it leaves a mark. Yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, did you get in a fight? No, it was my hardcover book that I <laughs> I dropped Harry Potter on my face. <laughs> <laughs> that was me, for sure. <sighs> Anyways, derailed again. Mm-hmm. So some some things to consider and to to think about when you're thinking about formats to publish your book in. If you do choose to publish your book in hardcover format, if that's something that you and your publisher have decided to do, it's very likely going to be the first format that's offered on publication day. And often publishers will make it the only format that's available that first day. Yeah, a lot of times, especially like I mentioned, bigger publishers, because we can't afford that. We're so little. Right. Yes, I'm talking more about bigger publishers. Yeah, I've even seen too where the bigger publishers, they'll publish a hardcover book and then wait about a year before even putting the paperback out because they want everyone to buy that hardcover. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I have the entire series of Truly Devious by Maureen Johnson. I have books one through three of the trilogy plus the one, the first um, spinoff. I have them all in paperback. When the new spinoff book released... I bought it in hardcover. I'm not going to wait for the paperback to come out. So you know what's going to end up happening Mm -hmm. is in a year, I'm going to also buy the paperback because Mm -hmm. I want it to match the rest of my set, which is infuriating, but it worked. You tricked me. I'm going to buy both. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard to avoid if you're a reader who's really excited about, especially a book in a series. It's hard not to go ahead and buy that hardcover Mm -hmm. at the very beginning, which is, you know, why it works. But like we said earlier, You certainly don't have to publish your book in hardcover 
a lot of indie authors, especially debut, where they don't have a huge following and know that a ton of people are going to be buying it from the beginning, will just choose to first publish it in paperback, probably also ebook as well. And we'll talk about that. But because it's less expensive for the reader, and your your whole goal is to get books to your readers, especially your ten- intended audience, but to the widest audience that you possibly can. And you're you're not going to be able to do that if you only offer a hardcover. Right. Yeah. And also remember, too, that especially since, you know, as a smaller publisher, we put out paperback first, that your format doesn't define your success. You know, your mm-hmm. marketing and great writing defines your success. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Totally. A lot of the books that become hugely successful in genres like uh, middle, especially in middle grade or YA, a lot of that age group doesn't necessarily have their own financial backing to be buying hardcovers of the books that they want, right? So I feel like especially in those genres, paperback can be the format that you keep it in. You don't need it in hardcover, and you're probably going to get more, re- a lot more readers that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the next format, paperback. These are typically made with a thick paper or cardboard cover and held together with a flexible glue binding. They come in two formats, trade paperbacks or mass market paperbacks. Mm -hmm. Trade is generally larger. And those, I was trying to think about what genres those are typically in. I think those are more like nonfiction, like business educational books. I think all genres are printed in trade paperback because it's just like the option when you're not doing the hardcover. So like every book you have every paperback you have that is not eight and a half by 11 and is not a mass market paperback those are all trade paperbacks yeah definitely like trade paperbacks can be you know five by eight inches five by seven inches up to five and a half by eight and a half six by nine where a mass market is usually somewhere around like four by seven inches more of the size book you see like back in the day in like the grocery store Mm -hmm. back when you could see the the books were like 85 cents Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like the old ones. I loved it. Yeah, so mass market tends to be more popular for fantasy, for sure. Um, those thick fantasy yeah. books that just would cost a million dollars if they were hardcover. <laughs> Science fiction and thrillers. Dude, when you're doing mass market paperback, think Stephen King, Michael Creighton, Dan Brown, the stuff mm-hmm. your grandma reads. If you're looking at it and it's Steve Stephen King's face, <laughs> that's a that's a mass market paperback. <laughs> yep. Good call. So the pros of paperback, obviously, is that it's more affordable than a hardcover. It's more affordable to produce and therefore more affordable for the reader and can be sold at a lower price point. Yeah. I also snuck this one in there. Tell me if you guys agree with this or not. I think they're just easier to read. Not necessarily. We'll talk about easier to take with you, but also just easier to get comfy with a paperback. You can you can really one hand a paperback. Most smaller, you you know. Yeah. Some you can't, but you, you can't make one hand House of Leaves paperback, but you mm-hmm. can one hand a lot of paperbacks. Most hardcovers, you can only do that for a little while. Your sad little pinky gets tired. Mm-hmm. Thumb cramps. I get yeah. thumb cramps. And, and <laughs> you're right, Mary Payton, like every every evening before we go to bed, my husband and I get in bed and he gets on his phone because that's his passion. And I <laughs> curl up on his chest with a book. <laughs> Aww. And I'm reading it like sideways with a cat on me. And like mm-hmm. hardcovers are much harder to negotiate in a mm-hmm. situation like that. A paperback, I can kind of squeeze it in there. You know, I can flip the cover back. You know, I can bend it a little bit. Right. <laughs> yeah. And part of the joy, like the beauty of it being less expensive too, is that there's less anxiety about it getting hurt. Oh my God. Just throw it in the puddle. See if I care. 
<laughs> well, I was about to say, I was about to say readers tend to be careful with their books, Christina. Oh, I, I'm not one of those readers. I'm so hard on my books. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I break everyone's books. It just feels good, too, to, like, you were talking about one-handing, like, have a paperback, bend the, the front of it back, and just, like, hold it one-handed. So good. I love that. And along the same lines, they're easy to take with you. Running errands, going to work if you need to sneak a little book time in. It's much easier to travel with a paperback than it is a hardcover, for sure. Yeah, whenever I buy purses, I I make sure that they have enough room to fit a paperback so that I can take it with me. I like that. (laughs) Very smart. And then the cons are... Of course, that it's not quite as durable as a hardcover. You know, if hardcovers have a few more design options, that means that paperbacks have a few fewer Mm -hmm, design mm -hmm. options, although still plenty. And they're not as, like, collectible, you know, because they're not as durable. I don't know. I put not as pretty, but they can be pretty. Well, I want to be clear. You wrote not as purdy. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, the, not as purdy. That's the technical term. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Like, and they're they're harder to like stand up on a shelf. You know, I have one of those mm-hmm. freestanding bookshelves that it doesn't have sides on it, mm-hmm. and so I have to all of my rows of books. I either have to end with like a stack of hardcovers, or I have like several bookends because they don't stand up. Mm-hmm. They're kind of annoying to photograph. Um, This happens to me all the time where I try to get a picture of a paperback book and the cover has curled slightly. Mm-hmm. Someone told me to get a pane of glass and put it on top of it. And I'm like, glass is reflective, my yeah, friend. <laughs> like, trying to work that out. I can't make that happen. <laughs> yeah. So things to consider when it comes to paperbacks. Generally speaking, like we said, publishers, big publishers, We'll publish a hardcover first and then release a paperback later. So we'll do that for a few reasons. One is, like we said, to use that initial release day excitement to push the more expensive format of the book. Also to have another occasion in the book's life. So like if the book is being released in another format, in a paperback format later, then that book can be part of the conversation organically, you know, which is important to marketing a book. There's not a lot of occasions in a book's life. So that's another way to keep that book sort of front and center to to your readers. And then, of course, offering a paperback gives people a more affordable option, a more accessible option to a wider audience. Making it more accessible also makes it more accessible to Teachers who have to stock their own school libraries um, or people who run little free libraries, people who are serving the community with books, paperbacks make it a lot Mm -hmm. easier. Mm -hmm. And speaking of accessibility, Mm -hmm. um, our next format we're going to talk about is ebooks. Woo! These days you just got to have, you got to put it in an ebook format. Yeah. You got to do it. They're super easy to make. Yeah. I think it's just like beep, boop, boop. I don't know. I'm not a professional. (laughs) <laughs> I was going to say, well, I don't have anything to add to that because I've heard that they're easy to make, but I haven't done it. Mm-hmm. No comment. <laughs> yeah, so ebooks are are just wildly accessible, more accessible than even hardcovers and paperbacks because they are usually much more affordable. Yeah, another thing about the affordability of ebooks is that it's very, like, if you sell your print book at a discount you're losing a profit and you Mm. had to invest money to produce that when you discount an ebook or even give it away for free you're not losing any investment you only had that initial investment to convert it to ebook format but you can give it away for free and that's more people who are reading it even if they're not paying for it yeah and that's such a good marketing tool for authors and of course, they're easy. Ebooks are super easy to take with you if you have a Kindle, if you have a phone, really on any device. 
Yeah, I have a friend who's a mom, um, shout out to my friend Anne, who talks about how she reads through the day on her phone whenever she gets one split second of peace. <laughs> She's just like, oh, we're gonna read the book. <laughs> my mom does that too. Maybe it's a mom thing. Uh-huh. No, my mom would never. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> she ruined it. So sorry. I was trying to make a pattern. <laughs> But yeah, they're super accessible. I just went on a trip last week and I was trying to think about what books to bring with me. And instead of having to think about which ones from my personal library to take, I could get on my favorite library app, Libby, and Ooh, Libby. download. Yeah, download an ebook. Uh, I had so many options and just do it right then and there um, in the airport before taking off. The ease of use when it comes to ebooks is is um, immeasurable. I like ebooks too because I mean, I prefer a tangible book in my hands but if i'm really unsure about a book if i'm gonna like it or not sometimes i'll get the ebook first and like get a preview mm-hmm. of the book and you know read through it then i'm like okay i need to own this like physical book so that helps out the authors too because now i've bought their book twice yeah i like to go. get ebooks for like occasionally there's something that i know i don't want to read the whole thing i just want to see something mm-hmm. i recently rented the ebook the curated closet by Anushka Rees, a simple system for discovering your personal style and building your dream wardrobe or whatever. <laughs> because I was, I don't even remember why. I was like, hmm, I wonder if my clothes are good. <laughs> I just wanted to read it. <laughs> so I, but I did not want to read the book cover to cover. I'm not trying to spend money on it. I don't care enough about my closet. Mm. So I got the ebook, skimmed through it, wished there was a, I skimmed this option on Story Graph, returned it, you know. <laughs> That's great. That's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> so the cons of ebooks, obviously you can't display an ebook very easily on your shelves unless you want to have your Kindle up with the cover on it. Not maybe. recommended if you have cats. Hmm. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> she speaks from experience. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It doesn't have that lovely book smell that we love. Yeah, it has that static electricity smell. Mm-hmm. It's got probably whatever smell you had on your hands last time you were reading Ew. With your Kindle. Wow, this is a great time <laughs> to remind everyone to go uh, sanitize your uh, your yeah. phone and your iPad. <laughs> like, yeah, go sanitize the stuff that you touch with your disgusting hands. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, some people find ebooks, reading ebooks, to be less pleasant than reading those paper pages. There is something nice. The book community you could talk about it all the time. There's something really nice about having that physical book. With those physical pages. Mm -hmm. For me, it's that I work from home on my computer and I edit Mm -hmm. Wildling books on my computer. And when I'm reading for pleasure, I don't want to do it on a screen. Yeah. And that's totally personal. I also have horrible vision and I do feel like my eyes strain more to read on a screen than in print. Agreed. That's why I can't do it on my phone like you said your friend does or like my mom does because it just feels like I'm doing... I'm looking at staring at the same bright light that I have all day yeah. long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my biggest con with an ebook is I get easily distracted. With my Kindle, I made the mistake of putting apps on there. So I'll read like a page and go, mm. Ooh, I have a notification. And I'm saying I'm on Facebook scrolling for 20 minutes. Then I want to check in on mm-hmm. my game. And then I want to check another social media. And I end up not reading because my eyes are strained from looking at the screen. So it, that's my con is when I reading a book, I need to stay involved with the book and mm-hmm. I can too easily just derail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agree. Yeah. If I'm on my phone and I get like a notification, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that thing. Mm-hmm. But when I'm reading a book, I throw my phone across the room. I don't want to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> 
So it's ju- it's just really important to have your book available at an ebook format. Would you guys say that it makes sense to have that released on your book's release day? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's not really a format that you delay. I wouldn't because there are so many people who only read ebooks. You are missing out on sales if you only offer it in print. It's also an accessibility thing if you are not releasing an audiobook at the same time as you're releasing your print book. An ebook is an opportunity for people to get it in an audio format because you can have Siri, I think, read or you can have whatever. You can have AI voices read an ebook to you. Yep. So if you're not going audiobook and you don't go ebook, you are being ableist in the distribution of your book. Yep. That's a really great point and brings us to our final format, which is audiobooks and how important it is to have ebook and audiobook, honestly, these days available for your readers. Let's talk about the pros of audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Easily accessible in the same kind of way that that ebooks are. Um, you could get an audiobook on just about any digital device that you have from wherever you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can also read audiobooks while you're doing other stuff, which I love, um, or any busy person loves that you can listen to an audiobook on your way to and from all of the things you have to do in your day. Mm -hmm. I love an audiobook during a commute. Mm -hmm. More than one person has told me that they weren't really a reader until they got a long commute and needed something to do. Mm -hmm. That's how I got through Lord of the Rings. I did all of it via audiobook commuting to and from work. Well, it's and a good thing you had a long commute because those a books lot are of trees. serious. <laughs> a lot mm-hmm. of trees. A lot of trees. <laughs> a lot of trees. <laughs> I love audiobooks because I'm always like cleaning up around my house when I go out and garden in the morning. Like I am a very busy person. I am always on my feet doing something. So I love having audiobooks for that. Kind of the same way. I kind of listen to audiobooks at the same time that I listen to podcasts while I'm doing the same kind of things. It's also nice to just have that different format. Like we were talking about, sometimes you stare at a screen all day and you just can't do it again when you're reading. Mm -hmm. You can't do it for pleasure later. So having an audiobook really makes it feel like a different a different form of information intake than yeah. you get throughout the rest of your day. Oh, that's a really so. good point, Mary Peyton. So I personally can't read nonfiction with my eyes. Uh, you know, n- narrative nonfiction like memoirs, sure. But if I want to read a true nonfiction, I cannot read it with my eyes. It has to be with my ears. I think that means I'm an auditory learner. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the way that it's being presented makes me able to listen to it. If I'm doing it with my eyes, I fall asleep. I just fall asleep. There's nothing I can do. So that helps me a lot. And I love being read to. Like, that's why I love I <laughs> yes. love audiobooks so much because I love someone to read to me. And I always make the joke that the reason why my ex is my ex is because at night when he'd be reading, I'd ask him to read to me and he always said no. Oh. <laughs> that's not why. <laughs> that's really not why. But I'm like, you know why? He wouldn't read to me. So that's why I have audiobooks. Audiobooks are my boyfriend. <laughs> I love it. We're, it's especially good because we're listening to the Starless Sea audiobook right now, which is very lovely. A little yes. sexy. We always say the Starless Sea, but we never say it's by Aaron Morgenstern. Oh my gosh, it's just so legendary and ubiquitous. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing. Listen to it. No spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. And then we kind of touched on it, but audiobooks are great because there are a lot of people out there who struggle with reading so struggle with eye reading Mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons and so you want to make sure that your book is accessible to the audience that wants to read it Um, and that includes people who struggle with eye reading 
And then cons of audiobook, some of them are kind of similar to ebook. You know, there is something great about having a physical book. And also I've noticed, I don't know if you guys agree too, but I've noticed that the price of audiobooks can really vary. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. It doesn't really seem to follow a pattern that I can recognize, and it certainly doesn't seem to be similar to ebooks, where ebooks I find can be like super cheap, and audiobooks I don't find that. Yeah, I think it's probably because there's so much extra work that goes into an audiobook that mm-hmm. people want to charge That's more for it. I always try to err on the side of charging less for audiobooks because I'm like, they're digital. You can sell so many without having to produce Mm -hmm. anything else. But I've had people ask me if we can increase the price of their audiobook so that it matches what the industry standard seems to be, even though to me it feels overpriced. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you are able to, you should definitely have your book available as an audiobook. Ebook too, but, but audiobook is just as important because you're going to reach so many more readers than you would without it. If you make the decision to only publish your book in a physical copy, like hardcover or paperback, you're going to be cutting yourself off from and cutting your readers off, potential readers off from your book. And then, uh, Christina, I'm hoping you can talk a little bit about how easy or hard it is to get an audiobook format made. Oh, yeah. So... Like I said, it costs a lot more than an ebook, I think, because it takes a lot of extra labor. When you're making an ebook, you have your print book design and you just convert it into the ebook ebook format. There's only a couple things you have to change. You don't it's not like doing a whole new thing. When you when it's time to produce an audiobook, you need to get a narrator. Sometimes more than one narrator. I think the Starless Sea, which we were talking about, has four or five for different mm-hmm. parts. That's an exception. And then you have to have an editor. And it takes forever to edit an audiobook. It takes Mm. so (laughs) long. Narrating is quite hard, too. I'm not trying to act like it's not. You get really tired. Your voice gets fatigued. And audiobook narrators, like, really aren't just reading it. They're doing the voices. They're being clear. Like, it's really, there's a true art form to narrating audiobooks. Um, And then, yeah, it has to get edited by someone who is a skilled audio professional. And so if you don't know how to do that, which most people don't, because why on earth would you? It can be really costly. Yeah. And that's why, you know, like, yes, it is important if you can to get your audiobook, your book in an audiobook format. But I say if because it can be it can be tricky to do for an indie author from a, a small publisher. Yeah, so those are the book formats. It's really up to you as an author to have that discussion with your publisher about what are the best options for you when you're thinking when you're in the process of publishing your book. None of them is is more or less valid than the others. We listed some pros and cons so you can think about how it pertains to you and your readership, but it's just about what your readers are going to be able to access. And that's how you book. This episode was written and edited by me, Mary Crook. Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Our theme music was produced by Jason Hilton. Please check out the show notes for a link to the accompanying blog post and visit us online at Wildling Press on social media or at wildlingpress.com.